Welcome back to another episode of the Jesse Dawson podcast. Glad to have you here. I love it when you're watching, especially you. You're my favorite. What are we even talking about today? Good question. As per usual, it's Monday uh, morning. That's when this comes out. But if it's not Monday morning, then it's another day for another episode, another conversation. And we're going to be talking about what actually is, or more importantly, what is actually. We'll dive into it. We'll go into it. And I, need, and I, I really need a catchphrase to, to start these shows off that isn't, let's dive in. <laughs> to be confirmed. To be confirmed. Let me know if you have an idea for a catchphrase. <laughs> so what is actually? What do I mean? What, it's not correct grammar. It, what, what the hell am I talking about? I'm talking about how we perceive reality, our perception of the world. Everyone in the world has their own version of reality. We all have our own, our own map of the world. You know, if you've, if you've ever watched or listened to any sort of NLP training, good or bad, regardless of the stigma on it, we all have our own map of the world. We all have our own version, our own identity within the world, our own thoughts, and we're allowed to think whatever we want. Right? So it's about perception. It's about how we perceive what's going on around us and what we make of that and what, we make, what, what that means to us. So let me unpack that just there before we move on to the next thing. So let's say story time. Grab your, cross your legs and sit in a circle. It's story time. Um, let's say there is an event of a car crash, let's say. Um, nothing serious. No one dies or anything like that in this, in this particular story. Just a bump. You know, and it's coming to the traffic light and boop. And it hits the bumper, a bit of damage on the front and the back of the car. Drivers pull out to the side. One of them gets out. He's like, why did you do that for? He's kicking off. And the other one's like, and trying to defend it. Everything ends up being okay. They exchange details and he shoots off to wherever they were going. And then repairs and shoe and blah, blah. When that crash happened, there was someone standing on the side of the road. There's another person behind them sitting on the side of the road, just walking past. Someone on the other side of the road, there was another driver. Uh, and let's say there was a shop that they stopped out in front of and the person in the shop also saw what happened. So it's one, two, three, four, five, and the two drivers. Now the driver at the back thinks that the driver in front stopped too early and they didn't have time to stop and they hit them. The driver in front thinks the person just rammed them in the back for no reason and now there's damage on their car. The uh, person beside couldn't really tell who stopped or, or who didn't because they were stopping themselves and wasn't really paying attention. All they know is they turned and then there was a crash. So they're not sure who was at fault. But there was definitely a crash and there was arguments. Um, person on, the, on the, the front of the road looks back and sees the person ram into the person at the front and thinks they did it and it's all their fault. And then the person at the back clearly saw that the, the front car was stopping way too early, way too hard and didn't give enough uh, a warning that they were coming to a stop and then the person hit. Person in the shop, they see the collision. They think that the argument is getting worse and it was heated and it was really dramatic and overwhelming and didn't lock the door of her shop because she didn't want anyone coming in, didn't want it escalating any further and, you know, stayed back. And as you can see, that's, that's like an example of one event 
from all the different perspectives of the people in the uh, in the thing and, and the person across the street. Um, I don't know. Maybe they say, they think that the person in front of the the front car stops, which caused the second person to put their brakes on way too early, and then caused the crash with the third person. Whatever the whatever the thing is, right? So let's say that's the case. But they all saw the same like occurrence, the same events. They saw they, everyone saw it with their own eyes firsthand, and they all have a different story. They all have a different uh, what's what's the word? Uh, a different account that's the a recount account different account of the events recount of the, a recount of the events they had a different recount of the events uh, and they all saw the exact same thing so why the hell is this important like what's the point of this story what's the point of all of the long-winded thing about perception the reason is is because we can never see the version of what happened that is the truth we can never see what is Actually, right now you see how why I've named this podcast. So we can only see the version of the events that we see. We only see our version of the, those things. We can never know what reality is. No one has any idea. No one, not in the whole world. Uh, no one has an idea on what actual reality is. We can say you know, this. We can have hypotheses of this happens then this. If then this and equals this, um, you know, cause and effect sort of thing, and we can predict those. But we that, but then we have our version of the cause and effect events, and then someone else watches it and they have their version. They may be very very similar, but they are they're not identical because we're all our own unique individuals. Even if it's as, as simple as like our eyes are different, and someone might see it a little bit more green than than green. My version of green is different to your version of green. Their version of blue is different to mine, and. If you taught them that green was actually blue, they would go their whole life thinking that that was blue when it's not, when it's green. So it just depends on what we've learned through our life. It depends on the exposure, the things that we've been, uh, things we've experienced, our reference points that we have in life. So bring this back a little. We can only see the events of what happened through the lens of our own filters. So we have filters and we may, we, we determine the meaning of the events off of these filters. Um, and just to back it up again, if let's say there's a map, an actual map or a photo of something, that's not the thing that we're looking at. It's a representation of the thing, which in in this instance, even thinking about our memories and what we remember of something, that our memory itself is a representation of an event. It's not the event or the event or the reality of the event or what actually occurred at the event, it's our memory, our version of the event. And every time we remember back to the memory, then that becomes a memory of a memory of the event. And then a memory of a memory of a memory of the event. And before we know it, things we know from our childhood are nothing like what actually happened. There may be some very specific details that you can remember that stand out, but that memory is now diluted. Every time, in fact, every time you remember a memory, it's more and more and more diluted. So, we can never know what actually is and what reality is and what our, mem- our memories are, you know, essentially lying to us and those kinds of things. Keep your memories, though. Like, they're not going to do you bad. <laughs> they're they're going to help you navigate the world. And that leads me to the next point is that when we see an event through the filters of our life, and these filters have been built through our experiences. So, for instance, a chair, we know that we can sit on a chair. 
we know that it's going to generally it's going to support our weight and we don't have to reanalyze a chair every time we step into every time we go to a restaurant we don't have to look around and think oh well there's a there's there's a thing what's that it's got legs it looks like it's sturdy enough it's made of wood it's a thing and we have to re-diagnose the chair every single time it uh comes up we just know that the chair is safe to sit and we can sit on a chair and we can make that belief we can make that generalization of our our reality really quickly and we can get on with our life so we don't have to redo that every time so we have these filters that enable us to make really quick decisions so we can we can live and survive essentially so that when we're being chased down you know by some sort of animal in prehistoric days we're able to make really quick decisions on what we know to be true and what isn't true this is commonly called a belief and beliefs are often uh, what are in place that help us filter the world. All right, so I hope it's all making sense because I feel like I'm jumping a bit around here, but let's trust. I, I'll watch it back and we'll see. My <laughs> trust is making sense. And the beliefs are what we use to create meaning in our world or, or the, and the other way around. Meaning is also what we use to create beliefs. What we made an event mean and then what we now believe about the event. And then that belief helps us navigate the world in future, which then uh, acts as a filter on future events, which we then create meaning off of then. Through the, through the filter of belief, we then create new meaning, which then creates new belief. And then that adds to the pile of beliefs that we have to navigate the world. So I trust that makes sense. So recap really quick, just to uh, make sure you've got it, in case I, I just feel like I rambled that too much. So an event happens, we perceive an event, and it's, it filters through any existing beliefs that we've had through our life, that we've learned through childhood and through experiencing and falling down and getting up or being hurt or learning and winning and all every experience in life, we create beliefs. The information filters through the uh, belief, and then we're able to say, okay, this event means this. So the person in the back of the car, in the back car of this story that I used before, slams into the person in the front and they're like, oh, now I've crashed. And now whatever that means for them is how they're going to react and how they're going to respond to that event, to that action, the stimulus from the external world. And it's all going to come down to their beliefs because you can have put two people in the same position that crash into the back of someone and two people are going to react differently. One person might come out and be really thank, really sorry and, and, and apologetic and say, here's my details, take it. The other person could start yelling at the person in the front for stopping too early or whatever because that's what they believe. So they're going to navigate the world like that. And then we then create a meaning from the beliefs and that, and then we're able to back up and create new beliefs that then help us navigate the world further. Okay? So I trust that that, that, that uh, sends home. So I trust that you can see beliefs tend to help us navigate the world and control a lot of our decision-making because they're reference points. They're reference points. That's what they are. Well, beliefs are reference points and they're a certainty about something. And we're only certain because we've had an experience that shows us that that's the, that's the truth. So it can be, as I said, about a chair, as small as a chair, or it can be as macro as your political beliefs, race, gender, equality, all the lovely things we like to talk about in this world. And uh, I'm leaving those there. When we navigate the world using all of these types of beliefs, we get to a point where the belief comes in and however it was made, whether it's through an experience, someone told you, whatever, 
beliefs there. Now, when we live the rest of our our life going forward, this belief comes with us. It steers some of the ship. And that happens with all the other beliefs we have, all the hundreds and thousands of beliefs we have around the world, you know, that a light turns on and you can see in the dark, you know, things like that. They enable you to navigate the world in a lot faster pace. As, as going back to what I said about the chair, you don't have to reevaluate every single time you see a light switch or every single time you see a, a chair or a cup or your phone, your phone rings and you don't have to analyze like, oh my God, what's that noise? Where's it coming from? It's coming from this device. Oh, what's that device? It's my phone. What's a phone? You know, and you have to go through and understand what it is. You know, you would never be able to do anything. You'd be paralyzed with just having to relearn everything all the time. So beliefs come in to then enable you to, to make snap decision and move forward. But it will only ever allow you to make that decision moving forward. So now we have to look into the negative side of beliefs. So beliefs filter information. So if, if, if information comes in from wherever, you know, and it hits the belief and the belief does not agree with that information that's coming in, deletes it. And then you don't have any inkling that it even came into your brain. It's not relevant to you. It's not who you are, so it doesn't matter. So it's deleted. And the only time you can ever see information that comes in uh, from the external world, which is all the time, every second of every moment, there's thousands and millions of bits of information coming into your world. And you're only aware of seven to 13 of them anyway. And 13 if you're really good. And mo- most, most, some people only see three or four because they, you know, they just don't have that awareness. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. We have so many bits of information coming in. Our subconscious is grabbing them all, but our conscious mind requires beliefs to make these decisions. And it hits your belief. And the only way you can see that information, that whatever that information is, whatever that input from the external stimulus is to you, is to question your belief. Because you need to look at what's coming at you from a frame of, maybe I don't know. And easier said than done, right? Excellent. I'll just look at the whole world like maybe I don't know. I'll just absorb everything. No, you can't do that because <laughs> one, you can't take in all that information. But two, you have to question your identity. You have to question who you are and your belief system, the thing that helps you navigate the world day to day. So you have to come in. Let's say something happens like a car crash in the thing. To go back to that same story and you're the person at the back that hit the person in the front and you know well well that it was your fault. You were like, I didn't break in time. I just didn't even see. I was looking down at my phone. I was changing the radio or the aircon or I just didn't didn't break in time and I'm silly. And you know it was your fault. Normal reaction is usually that you would get out and start yelling. The only way for you to do anything differently and to mix things up, to not come into the belief that you're right and that they, it was their fault and blah, 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 is you need to look at the frame of, you know, was I right? And come at it with a different lens on. Take you got to, You've got to essentially take that belief off and just see if it's true or not. It's almost like doing a hypothesis. And saying, okay, this is what I think happened. Now let's test out what happened and let's see the result. And then you can then go, okay, no, that belief is serving me. I'm going to keep it. Or you can choose to let it go. And we'll get into that a bit in, in a bit as well. That being said, again, I just feel like I'm rambling in this one. I, I'm probably not, but I really feel like I'm pulling strings out of nowhere here. <sighs> let me know in the comments. Like, let me Give me feedback on this, please. So the, our beliefs dictate what we see and what we don't, and how we navigate the world. Just recapping that whole thing again. Which means we only ever see what we already believe. I'm pretty sure, I think I might have said that before, but let's go into that now a bit deeper. So if we believe that 
All people are assholes. It's <laughs> a good one. All men are assholes. All women cheat. Um, money is the root of all evil, right? All those things, all these beliefs that we have. We will only ever see those things because they are what dictate our current reality. They are what dictate us. And we only navigate the world seeing what we already are. We don't navigate the world seeing everything for what it actually is and what it is actually we see it for who we are. We see the world as we are. So we, get, we literally look at the world and see ourselves. Now tell me, that isn't narcissistic if you ever heard anything. <laughs> so if you meet someone, you see the traits in you in them because you can't see anything else. Unless you are questioning who you are and what you're capable of, then you can't see anything that isn't already present in you because your belief system only allows the things that you already see to be brought in. This is a very fascinating thing. So now it's about getting control of your beliefs, isn't it? It's about looking into those things. Well, I trust that's what you're seeing because that's what I saw when I heard this. So if you think that all men are assholes, which there are a lot of, I'm not going to lie, there's a lot of asshole men, but there are also a lot of great guys too. There's a lot of very, very, very amazing men in the world. There are women who cheat. I know this. There are women who don't. That's also true. So if you go into a relationship, this is an easy one to talk about, a relationship belief of, of one of those two. If you're looking for a, a partner and you're, you're, a, you're a woman looking for a man and you're, you're, you think all men are assholes, you're going to locate the parts of them to back your existing belief up that makes you who you are. It's part of your identity. And you're going to look for the parts that make them an asshole when they're just a regular person. You could actually meet your like soul partner, whatever you want to call it, you know, your lifelong partner that's going to be the one that's going to make you happy for the rest of your life. You could meet that person and just pick their asshole traits out of them and be like, no, nah, that's not them. You know, they're, or he was just like looking for an end, a way in or like, you know, just trying to get him a pants or he was, you know, who probably just end up cheating on me or whatever it is, right? Whatever the thing ended up abusing me, whatever the belief is, because I'm, it's not, I'm not even saying this like it's rare. Like I've heard these things said so many times and same for women as well. I've heard so many people talking about how all women cheat and all women are out to get you and they only care themselves. And like, sure, there are a lot of women like that too. And there are a lot that aren't. So find one that isn't. Well, how about you get down into your beliefs and find out what you actually believe about your partners and believe about you and what you're worthy of and what you're not worthy of and what you look for and what you seek out and get to fucking grips with those beliefs and find out that somebody isn't there. Because if you can start noticing something in someone that you wouldn't normally notice, it means you're questioning that belief. It means that you're, you know, you're tearing it down. You're looking for new information. You're looking for something that wasn't present in you before, but you're now allowing in. So... If you're not an overly caring person, so let's say you're a very self-focused person and you're not very focused on other people, then you should start trying to notice in that person where they are a caring individual and you'll start noticing it in you. Or the other way around. You'll notice that, you, 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 that you've got care and then all of a sudden you start noticing it in other people because you can only see what you already believe. And I trust that get that that, that may, may have shed a light on, on your partners previously that you're out there actually looking for yourself and you shouldn't be looking for yourself because you're never going to get along with that person because you're too alike. <laughs> you need to be looking for someone different. But anyways, that's a whole other topic. Um, we only look for us in other people and in other things in our experiences. We only look for what we already believe in. So I think that's a win in that little discussion there. Trust it was. 
Now to go one level deeper, one level, right? So we've just gone, we've gone down a couple of flights of stairs here. We're down level, we're in basement three or something at the moment. Now if we can go down to basement 3.5, so we're not going to go down a full level. <laughs> we're going to go down a half a level. We're going to go to the mezzanine. Can you have a mezzanine underneath? I don't know. Either way, 3.5 is where we're going. The half garage. The garage for when you're not having a garage. Some of the consequences of having crap beliefs. Just to recap and all the way up to, to where we are here. So event happens. We then have a, uh, a, there's a stimulus comes in. It hits a belief that we've already made or that event then creates a belief that we'll use in a future event, which is one, and this type of, uh, of belief. It either filters in or out some of the information or all the information or none of the information. We then create a meaning because we all, we're meaning making machines as humans and we will always attach a meaning to something because it has to have a meaning. If it doesn't have a meaning, we don't understand it. So it needs to have a meaning. So we have a, we have a lot of trouble trying to understand a lack of meaning and things that don't mean anything and having meaningless ideas or meaningless existence and meaningless anything right something not having a meaning doesn't make any sense so we make a meaning into out of the thing stimulus belief meaning new belief or backup existing belief one or two right either way we either end up with an extra belief to navigate the world or we continue navigating the world with the existing belief saying yes that was right i knew that was correct because we tend to make beliefs when we we're a child and we carry them through as adults that's generally the case so You've probably got a lot of beliefs in your world that you made when you were three, four, five, six, seven years old that don't serve you as a 50-year-old or a 40-year-old or a 20-year-old or even a 10-year-old um, because they're not accurate beliefs. And then we carry on through our life and we only locate things that back up the beliefs that we already have because why would we be questioning those beliefs? Because they've got us this far, even though they don't serve us. And then we have to face the consequences of those beliefs whether or not they're good or bad, uh, or whether they serve us in a positive way or they serve us in a negative way, whether they serve us in a positive way by choosing a negative path, or whether they serve us a positive way by choosing a positive path, whatever it is. The beliefs are the beliefs. They just navigate the map. They essentially steer the wheel. Or, or they, if you want to get technical, they are sort of what the map's made of that we navigate the world with. Sometimes you've got to update your map. Uh, so consequences of having crap beliefs, we get to a point where we have a crossroads, we're in a crossroads, we hit a fork in the road and we have to go one way or the other way and our beliefs and our, our identity that we've created and all of the external resources and values and all these other things that also come into play, uh, will help us make the decision. So we have our beliefs that are going to say this path's a better choice or this path's a better choice or we get stuck, or we have to make a decision, force down one of the forks in the road, and then we make up new beliefs as we go that back up our existing reality and our identity and who we think we are. So what happens when you have a crap one? What happens when you have a crap belief and you're at the fork in the road? And you have to make a decision, but your beliefs generally have made you make bad decisions in the past. The obvious answer would be, well, don't listen to the beliefs and choose a different thing. But how do you know to do that? You don't because you've always done this. This is all you know. This is a path you've walked forever. You can't just walk off the path all of a sudden unless you question your identity and who you are and everything that, mean, that you're made up of. So you choose the path of your belief. 
And that belief can be money is the root of all evil. Let's talk about money for a second. You win tax lotto. That's the fork. Maybe that's the fork is winning tax lotto and what to do with the money. I don't know. Whatever the fork is. And you have $10 million, $20 million, $50 million that you win in in lottery, off a lottery ticket or a scratchy or, a, or something. You then have all this money, but you believe that money is the root of all evil. The only way to hold on to that money is of two ways. One, you spend that money like there is no tomorrow because you don't want to be evil because money is evil. You need to get rid of it. You can't hold it if it's evil. Like what? You're not evil. You don't believe you're evil. I don't think anyone believe, truly believes they're evil. So they spend all of the money, loan it out to people, buy boats, houses, this and this and this. And then in two years, $10 million, $50 million, $100 million, they're back down to delivering pizzas. It's a true story. Look it up. Then, the only other way to keep the money is to become evil. You have to then say, yeah, well, I want to keep this money, so I must be evil. Then you become a nasty person because you've got to back that belief up. If you don't back that belief up, it means you were wrong. It means that who you thought you were is not who you are. So you have to, you have to mold to your belief or let the belief sabotage the, the thing. Or there's a third path, and that is that you question your belief and say, do I have healthy beliefs around this thing? And set yourself up with a really solid foundation. But the only way to do that is to stay objective. And that's an example of one belief. There's thousands of beliefs that we have about everything in our life. So maybe sit down and write down some of the biggest beliefs. You ask yourself, look in different areas of your life, relationship, finances, health, work, uh, hobbies, friendships, uh, health and fitness, all that stuff, and ask yourself, what are the beliefs I have that are the major beliefs in these areas? And just write everything down that you believe. And even silly and as ridiculous as each of them sound, and write them down and then evaluate which ones are good and what, how do you meet those beliefs and what do you need to do to, to make sure they are fulfilled. And if they're, if they're shit, which half of my beliefs are fucking terrible, um, I just dump them all together and replace it with something completely new or readjust it, you know, and that's served me so far. I've only got 10 million more beliefs to get through. But that's a good thing. That's how you get you get through there. Now, the only way to actually see that you have a belief, again, is to be objective and look at them like I just described. You have to be objective. And you can't be objective if you're always so invested in your beliefs. You need to be, you need to step back and be the observer of you. You need to be the as uh, I'm going to quote my mentor, Joe Pane here. Um, I'm going to quote him twice in this, actually. <laughs> right, he says you have to be the, I don't know where, who he quotes someone and he says this, so I don't even know who this is from. But you have to be the observer of the events. You need to be the, the you need to become the observed and be the watcher of the observe, of the observed, which is you, right? So you need to be the observer. And I butchered the hell out of that, so that's fine. And... You need to look at your actions, look at your behaviors, look at what you do regularly, look at your beliefs, all of you, all of you, and ask yourself, is this the best I can be? Is this the best that that thing can be? Does that serve me to the best of my ability or does, is it to my detriment? Is believing that money is the root of all evil to my benefit or my detriment? And I can tell you right now, it's a detriment. Um, it's not a good belief to have. Money is just a tool. It's a tool to enjoy more of life, to enjoy the depth of life, to enjoy more experiences with the people you care about in life. It's a tool that enables you to live more and live deeper and with more meaning. Like that's what that's what money is. It's, it doesn't dictate anything. 
money is an amplifier. It amplifies who you already are. So if you get money and become an asshole, well, guess what? You're an asshole the whole time. Money just allowed you to allow that piece of you through. And it's all back, backed on a belief. Change your belief. Change who you are. That's it. Change your Well, Tony Robbins. I almost did Tony Robbins quote there. Change your belief. Change your life. There you go. <laughs> um, so be an observer. Ask yourself. In, in all kinds of situations, especially when you get heated or you're getting a spiked in emotion, whether it's good or bad or indifferent, uh, or just your day-to-day routine, ask yourself, is this the best it could be? Is this the most you know, resourceful it could be? Is this the most efficient way I can do this? Am I cutting myself short? Am I, am I overstepping? All these different questions you ask, they, they all work. It's just whether you, which question you ask in the right moment, and they will get you somewhere. And you've got to be the observer of your actions to then determine whether there's a belief getting in the way. All right. So I think that's that point covered off pretty well. Again, tell me in the comments. And now to quote my mentor again, Joe Pane once again. He, he has a podcast, by the way, so go and follow that. Just type his name, Joe, J-O-E-P-A-N-E, Pane. It's called, uh, it's called something. It's called Insights. Thank me later. He says in actually one of his podcast episodes, he talks about warm water, right? Staying in the warm water. So what does he mean? What do I mean? We have in life, everything's a scale, right? Everything is a scale. Being self-focused versus others-focused is a scale. And I think I'm going to do a video on that sometime in the future, whenever that is, six months from now, who knows? And politics has a scale, the the. The amount of light in a room has a scale. Everything is a scale. Nothing's black and white. Everything is, is, is shades of gray. And on the two ends of the scales, so if we use, you know, we've got narcissism, codependency, you've got left wing, right wing, you've got dry, wet, you've got uh, healthy, unhealthy, positive, negative, everything, right? All has a, a scale. And you can slide up and down the scale of life in all these areas, they all, they all scale in different areas and some to a scale, good and bad, I suppose, whatever you want. And he talks about on one end of the scale, there is hot, like hot water, steam. Um, and like you say, it's so hot, it's evaporating like a gas, like steam. And on the other end, you have ice. And in the hot steam, you burn yourself. And in the ice, you get frostbite. Now you can freeze to death. So spending too much time on either end of the scale is bad. Spending too much time on the radical left and the radical right, bad, very bad. And the reason that it it doesn't matter what the topic is, insert topic here, two ends of the extreme are bad because they only see one side. They can only see one side of the the, the, the pool party and that's all they see. And you have no, you can't stay objective. This is the point. Wrapping it back in, this is why I'm saying this. You can't stay objective on the two ends because you're fully invested. You're fully invested on both sides. You can't stay objective. You cannot step back and go, oh, is this is this the way it needs to be? Because you're so far in. And the further towards the ends of the scale, to quote him and paraphrase him, uh, Joe Parney, he says, the further, you, the further down the scale that you go, the further into the ice and into the steam you walk, the more you lose your way, the more you fall off your path, the more you step away from where you're going because the path is here. The path is here. 
and the the ice is this way and the steam is this way. So you, the further you walk towards the the ice or the steam to the polar ends of the extremes, the further away from the path you will end up walking. The further away from reality you end up walking and you, you lose your way. The way of your heart, the way of your soul, you lose your way. And you need to come back into the middle because in the middle is warm water. You have ice and you have steam and when they combine, you end up with a warm pool of water. And that is really relaxing. It's calming. It's healing. It's enjoyable. Burning yourself in the steam is not enjoyable. Freezing to death in the cold is not enjoyable. And you're always at war with the other. And in the war in the warm water in the middle, that's where the game is played. Because you're able to stay objective. You're able to look at both sides. You're able to step, you're able to lean if you need to. You're able to step back and, and, and see. And it's it also is healthy to dip in every now and then. Because you've got to have perspective. You've got to have a perspective. But if you spend your time on one side, you end up losing your way. So you need to come back to the warm water to stay objective, to stay present with you and to be walking the path of your soul, of your heart, what you're, of the meaning that you, that your beliefs tell you you need to, <laughs> you need to walk. Uh, so, and the only way to know that your beliefs are serving you and true to you is to be in the warm water. You need to be in the warm water, swimming in the pool. You need to get in the water and stay in the warm water. And what that enables you to do, as I say, stay objective. You can then look at your beliefs, evaluate what's serving you, chuck out what's not serving you, change what's not serving you into something that is serving you and march forward with it. And you're able to live a deeper life. You're able to live a life that isn't so cold or heated, emotionally spiked or, or so boring and dull that it's forgettable because that's awful. And you're able to step into your light, into your, you know, walk the path of your higher self, whatever you want to say. You can live more deeply with more meaning live as more of you bring out more of you be happier uh, experience more events that lead to happiness experience more responsibility and more in well just more impactful meaningful deep full of love and life experience and that's what happens when you can stay objective and question your beliefs because you're then you're, then you're, you're cutting out what doesn't serve you and and that's unique to everybody as well. That is unique to everyone. What serves them is what serves them. So what serves you is what serves you. And you need to be true to that and stop denying yourselves of those things because of beliefs you made when you're five years old or beliefs you made last week in a heated moment at the office. You know? So I think that's I think that's a good one. I think that came around full circle. I'm pretty happy with that. We'll see. We'll see. Let me know what you thought. Comment, subscribe, like, you know, share it, do all the things. Send it to someone that needs to know. Send it to someone. Here's the, here's the thing. Send it to someone who's on the outer edges and needs to get their asses in the warm water. Someone that needs to be, uh, needs to get their ass out of the steam, out of the sauna, because they're just too hot-headed and too charged and too spiked emotionally of what's happening in the world. Bring them in, bring them in the middle. Send it to someone who's freezing their ass off and hermiting their life away and, and, isolating themselves and is being really dull and boring no offense anybody by the way and bring them into the water okay? show it to them so they so they can breathe more of life they can uncage themselves and live life beyond words you know something with meaning
and bring them into the water. That's your homework. <laughs> but yes, like, comment, subscribe, share it, follow, all the things, and enjoy the rest of your days, evenings, nights, mornings, all the meals you have in your day. Stick within your calorie count. I trust whatever you're doing, you're doing it fully and enjoying every moment of it. And I will see you in the next episode where we're going to talk about something that I don't know yet. So, yeah, excellent. That's a wrap.